Hello, this is Dr. Boris Duffy, and I'm absolutely thrilled. I'm so excited. In fact, I'm incredibly excited, right, to have Lisa Shaw, one of my heroes, who I have the opportunity of speaking to every Monday on the Lisa Shaw Show on the BBC. Lisa, how are you? I'm really well, thank you very much, Morris. I'm, I'm honoured, privileged to have been asked to do this. Nobody ever asks me the questions. <laughs> well, there you go. So I'll have to think about some difficult and interesting questions to ask you then, <laughs> just to put you, just to make sure you're on your toes. So have you been working this morning? No, I have not. I get Fridays off at the moment. So because um, of COVID, because of the pandemic, the BBC had to make a lot of changes because we had to become... COVID secure or as COVID secure as quickly as possible because obviously we were still always going into work. We were still broadcasting. We've been broadcasting throughout. So what they did, usually my show would be 10 till 12, uh, Monday to Friday, but they've extended the show. So I now work Monday to Thursday, 10 till 2, that's right, and then I get a Friday off. So I've been enjoying my Friday off, but also trying to homeschool my little boy because uh, my husband does it all the other days of the week, so I get to try and do that on a Friday. And how have you been finding homeschooling? Um, I am probably the supply teacher. Um, my husband is definitely the better of the two, it has to be said. So I'm the one they bring in when the actual teacher's not feeling too well. But do you know what? <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's bright as a button, is our little boy. I'm very lucky. And uh, he seems to be doing all right. He seems to have taken it in his stride, actually, so we're not too worried. Yeah, and, uh, and, you know, obviously you're getting the opportunity of getting out and that kind of makes you reasonably mm. unique going through this period. But, you know, how have you found the whole isolation piece and how have you found the intensity, you know, because, you know, I've got a, an 11-year-old and my wife and the three of us here and it's like World War Three sometimes, right? So I was wondering how you found the, uh, the whole process of isolation and all being together in the one house. Well, that's the thing. I think you made the point there at the start that, that I haven't, I don't think, experienced isolation in the way that everybody else or a lot of other people have because I didn't stop going to work. So mm. we've been going into the offices. I've been going into the office every week and, and doing the same job, although be it at a slightly different, you know, on a slightly different schedule, as I said. So I kind of feel like I've been quite lucky in that respect in that mm. my life has been almost, almost normal. Um, my husband has been working from home. He usually would work in his office. He's got his own business, but he obviously brought that home so that he could look after our son when he mm. was um, out of school. And it, so it hasn't actually been too difficult for me, but I know that, that Gareth, my other half, has experienced that kind of claustrophobia, mm. you know, mm. and being 24-7 in the house with, with a five-year-old who never stops talking. I wonder where he gets that from. <laughs> but um, Well, it's, I think it's, the, it's the intensity of it as well. You know, it's just that you just, it's just constant. It, it, it is constant. And it's been nice to have that day off work on a Friday where we've tried to kind of think, right, this is our long weekend. Let's just have a bit of family time. Let's forget about the school. Let's forget about the work if we can and and just kind of get outside i mean that's the thing with the weather having been as it has we've been quite lucky in that respect but um i think the thing that that has worried me the most has been i was worried about my my mum my mum is 74 and um mm. we lost my stepdad only in september mm. so she was kind of just starting just starting to come out of that kind of period mm. of of grief mm. and get her life back in some kind of order and so we thought oh my goodness how is she going to cope she has been brilliant I've, she has taken the positive out of every situation she has got out and about and almost stopped relying on us she was relying on us a little bit maybe mm. 
now she's you know as independent as you like so it's not been too bad not been too bad at all actually so tell me what it's like to be a, a BBC uh, radio announcer, show host, all of those exciting things that you do. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's really good. I feel like, uh, finally feel like a grown-up, to be honest with you. Um, I know that sounds weird, but I, I mean, I've been in radio for 23 years. Wow. Um, so I came, I did a journalism degree at Bournemouth University and went and lived on the South Coast for three years, which was just fantastic, and um, came back home didn't have any money had a lot of student debt and started working as a journalist and a presenter at metro radio so i started at metro and i spent um three or four years there and i basically then spent the rest of uh, i think the following 14 years working for commercial radio stations around the northeast so the old century as it was then that turned into real radio then it became heart and i was doing breakfast show i did breakfast shows for a long time so i was up at half past four quarter to five every morning for a long long time and that kind of came to an end when I was pregnant with my little boy um Hart decided not to renew our contract and it kind of gave me a little bit of time out which was nice um but not want to rest on my laurels because I've been self-employed for most of my life you know I kind of thought where can I go what can I do now and fortunately got some shifts in the newsroom at BBC Newcastle as I was pregnant, um, had a couple of months off and then started working as uh, the Saturday breakfast show presenter at the BBC and worked my way around the odd cover shift here and there and then finally got a bit of a stint on mid-morning show and again that was maternity cover and finally got the gig and, and it was like wow I'm, I'm a BBC presenter now, this is amazing because it was always about the music on commercial but it's actually about content on the BBC mm. and I felt like I was kind of finally using my brain or starting to use it again but, and I hadn't used it for a long time and and having to think about things and having to talk to people and communicate in a in a very different way from what I was used to doing on commercial radio mm. so it was a real test that threw me outside of my comfort zone for quite a while actually. And, and, and what is it like broadcasting to hundreds of thousands of people kind of five days a week or four days a week? What's, what's it like? Um, it's a thrill. I think it's probably the only way I can describe it. It's a thrill. And to be doing that in, in my hometown, if you like, in the area where I grew up, because there aren't that many people who I think get to, to spend as long as I have in this industry for starters, but then also to be doing it in your home area. I think it's, it's a thrill and, and I think the fact that I get to talk to so many different people, that's the interesting side of it. People mm. like yourself, Morris. But I talk to <laughs> so many, no, it's true. I talk to so many different people about so many different things, you know? And I'll come out of an interview, you know, I remember when I first met you and you came in and we had that chat, chat for the first time and I came out of it and I was buzzing and I was like, this guy's amazing. He's, he's just motivated, you know? If you feel in a slump though, talking to somebody like yourself, somebody positive, someone, who you know can teach you something i think that's the thrill of it for me i learn something new every so what's day. been your best moment what's kind of what's Ooh. the most memorable moment or or who's the most so i'll ask you i'll ask you three questions so you get a chance to so what has been your best moment what's been your funniest moment and then who's the most famous person outside of me of course and who's the most famous person that you've actually spoken to okay um so this i'll take it across my career rather than just at the bbc yeah. The best moment of my career was um, 
myself and my old colleague Gary Phillipson who now works for BBC Tees actually we used to broadcast together we used to do the breakfast show on real radio um, which then became heart and we in September 2012 we won was it September anyway it's 2012 we won the Sony Gold Award for the best British breakfast wow. show for wow. under 10 million listeners so this is the you know not not like competing with the nationals this was for under 10 million and it was one of those surreal moments. I never in a million years thought I would achieve that. And um, we were down at the at Grosvenor House Hotel in London and it was hosted by Chris Evans and the room was full of celebrities. I mean, full of celebrities. We were on the next table from Paloma Faith. You had the, some of the Spice Girls there. And, you know, and, and it sounds really funny considering I've been in that industry for such a long time and I've interviewed so many people. But just to be there and then to be called up on stage and be told you're the best, you're the best, mm -hmm. uh, you know, breakfast show in the country. It was amazing. It was the best night of my wow. career, it really was. Wow. So that was a thrill. Um, funniest, it, that's really hard to... to um, surreal is probably the, the most accurate way of describing it. Mm -hmm. um, I had a year, uh, 2010, where I decided to do 10 things for charity in that year, 10 in 10, because I had just got divorced. I've been previously married and, and I, I don't know whether I was going through a kind of breakdown, Morris. I don't know what it was. I don't want to put a label on it, let's just say. But um, we thought, right, what can I do? And I was like, yep, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll jump out of a plane, no problem. So I had this year of doing these most bizarre things. I did two skydives. I did, um, I learned to stilt walk. I had to dress up as a jellyfish and stilt walk around the tall ships parade in Hartlepool. I mean, talk about surreal. Um, I spent the night in a haunted house. You know, I did this whole year of just bizarre things that really, again, pushed me out of my comfort zone, but provided the most brilliant experiences, the funniest, the most surreal experiences of my career. Um, uh, famous people? Well, I'm a big Kylie fan. So Kylie's a bit... Uh, I met Kylie many wow. years ago. Yeah. When she was she a neighbours then? Was she a neighbours? No, it was when she came back to do spinning around, you know, that okay. gold hot, the gold hot pants song. And um, and I was working at Metro at the time, Metro Radio. So this was, you know, quite a, a long time ago. And uh, we were flown down to London. We were met by a car. We were taken to a hotel and um, in, a, in a room with Kylie. I think I managed to get three words out without sounding like a total goofball. But she told me she liked my shoes. And it was like, what? <laughs> Kylie liked my shoes. So um, uh, we be... write that on a, on your epitaph. Kylie liked my shoes. I right? know. Oh, I Stamp, don't have that still. Stamp of I, approval. I interviewed um, Ricky Gervais. I'm a big fan of Ricky Gervais as well. And I was lucky enough to meet him a few years ago. And he came in and, and I was really nervous because you kind of think he's one of those people that might not take it seriously. Do you know what I mean? He might take the mickey a little bit. But because he's worked, he worked in radio for a long time. So he kind of knows about radio. He knows the score. And he, he was so nice. He was accommodating. He was funny. He was friendly. And um, that was a big thrill. That was a good one. No, yeah. no, no. Those are, those are two serious uh, talents. And, and I'm fascinated by, um, you know, those 10 things because, you know, I, I love the book of the guy who said yes to everything for one year and the experiences he had. Yeah. And I often say that, you know, in a day, I'm just going to say yes to everything. Everything anybody asks me to say, I'm going to say yes. I'd like to take a year out and just say yes and see where it would actually take me. But, you know, you just, you're, well, one, you're kind of scared of where it might yeah. take you, right? Two, it's getting the time. But yeah, I can, I, can, uh, I can understand that. And what does the future bring for you? 
where is that where where do you see yourself going i'd love to, i want to i would say i'm doing my dream job now i wow. don't i don't want to go anywhere um and that might i don't know that might seem strange i've never had aspirations for television that's never been anything that i've ever wanted to do um national radio well maybe when i was younger but i think now you know I've, younger I've got, yeah when I'm younger yeah when you're young <laughs> yeah. now yeah you're young uh, now but you know um i am i'm doing my dream job and and i mean i talk about you know celebrities and and ricky gervais and kyle minogue but to be perfectly honest i now i enjoy speaking to I don't want to say ordinary people because nobody's ordinary, but I love speaking to, you know, on a Wednesday at the minute on the show, I talked to Pauline in Washington about what film she's going to watch with her friend Sue that afternoon, you know, a lockdown film club. And I adore doing that sort of thing. I, I am just loving what I'm doing. So if I can stay, if I can sustain my career doing what I'm doing at BBC Radio Newcastle for as long as possible, I would be happy. You know, I am where I want to be at the moment. And what's it like to be a celebrity in your hometown? I'm not a celebrity. I'm not. As everybody knows Lisa Shaw. Come on, everybody I speak to knows you. But, the, but that's not being, that's just being around for a long time. That's just <laughs> kind of hanging, <laughs> hanging around like a bad smell. That's all that is. Because <laughs> people know your name, but I can, I have never, ever been recognised. My voice has been recognised. That's happened a few times. But my face isn't recognised ever. It's, it's, um, it's nice when people acknowledge that they listen i i just it's nice to hear when people listen it's not about people knowing you it's about people listening to the show for me mm. because that's what gets the radio figures and that's what helps me keep my job well uh, yeah i i i, I said my, my only claim to fame is to be in a sports shop in australia and for somebody to ask me for my signature totally random <laughs> uh, because they put two and two together. I was buying a bat for Steve Smith. Yeah, I was getting him to sign one, so it was his bat. I was talking about cricket. I was an Irish guy, and I just happened to have been in the papers the day before. And yeah. this woman kind of connected to and says, are you Steve Smith's coach? And I was going, this will live with me forever, forever and ever. I'm going to capture <laughs> this moment and never, ever forget it. So I remember yeah. getting insurance. I phoned this phone to get my car insurance once, and the guy at the other end of the phone recognised me. Didn't give me a discount, oh. but recognised the name. You should have so. said you'd get them on the show. Uh, yes. I, was I was talking to them at the universities, and the only thing a doctor is good for is when you're making a complaint, right? I only, that's yeah. the only time I'd ever use the doctors when I'm making a complaint, right? Uh -huh. um, so, you know, in, in, in relation to um, the show, you know, how do you think people are feeling about COVID right now when they're ringing in? What, what, what's your sense of the feeling in Newcastle and in the Northeast? around uh, you know, where we are and, and the general health of, uh, of the region? Um, it's really strange, isn't it? Because things have changed so much over the last 10, 11 weeks. You know, we start, I remember when we went on air, first of all, and the schedules had changed and it was, you know, this scary lockdown period and, and everyone, was, everyone was really scared. Everyone was really nervous. But at the same time, you were getting all of these amazing stories. You were getting all of these stories about, people helping each other, these volunteer mm. groups, these mm. people mm. sewing scrubs, making face masks, you know, doing shopping trips. And, and that I think was, was what carried us through the first month or so. I mm. think that the second month has quietened down a little bit and it's almost like we've, we've become comfortable with how things are and we start mm. to get used to it. And so, I mean, the stories didn't dry up. There's still amazing people doing amazing things. 
um, but it's almost like we're not quite as nervous. And and now, and I think this is something that we have covered when we've chatted over the past couple of weeks. It's almost like this this anxiety and this nervousness about the changes and about you know we all want lockdown to be eased, but at mm. the same time, when that has happened, there's been this outcry. It's too early. We can't do this yet. Mm. You know and so that's what I think I sense at the minute, this nervousness. And I think that's coupled with the idea of parents thinking about putting their kids back in schools. So there's, there's this, this over, over reaching kind of idea of, right, we're a bit nervous. How do we handle this? And I think that's how things are at the minute. And if you were giving advice to people, what would the advice be? About the situation. Yeah. Yeah. So for people listening to you right now, you know, based upon what you've heard or what you're hearing, the sense you have for the region, what advice would you would you give? What would you offer? I mean, I try, I try and be um, an optimist. I try and be optimistic about it. I really do. Where I search out the the positives, you know, on social media, I try not to read the negative stuff and the doom and gloom, and I try and find the people who are putting positive messages out there. And I think, and I think, having been out and about throughout this whole thing, I know that there isn't that need to be as nervous as you are it's it's quite funny because myself and my husband and my little boy we went for a walk along the quayside in newcastle on sunderland and it was quite busy there were quite a few people out there and that didn't bother me but i still it bothered them because mm. they have been in this little bubble mm. in this little kind of world yeah so yeah and 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 it's understandable that when you see suddenly you know crowds of people around you're trying to keep your distance you try and keep that two meters it's impossible sometimes mm. but you try perhaps try not to be as nervous as, as you might feel because not everybody has got the virus. I think that's the thing you need to, and you realize when you're out and about, not everybody has got the virus. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a saying I say it's, it's on the other side of fear is your life. Uh -huh. And so you have to kind of, you know, you have to understand your life is beyond your fear. So you have to go beyond it or, or you have a very limited life. So I have some uh, kind of quick fire questions for you. Yeah. You're frozen. Are you back? All right, they're frozen. Sorry, so just, who's your who's your hero? Really who is your I, hero? I, really Terry, I hope it's Terry Wogan. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I never grew up wanting to be a radio presenter. This is all an accident, Morris. I don't know how this has all happened. So radio was never on my radar until I got to university, and then I thought, oh, this is quite fun. No, do you know I love funny women? So I would I would cite the likes of Victoria Woods. I love French and Saunders. I love Joanna Lumley. I, whenever they're on the telly, I'm like a magnet. Honestly, they've got me. Doesn't matter what they're doing, they've got me. I went, I saw Joanna Lumley at the Sage um, last year and I was, oh, awestruck. Thought she was brilliant. Good, good. And, uh, you know, what do you, uh, kind of books do you read? I'm, I'm going to ask you about music, obviously, in a moment, and you're going to tell me, you know, music will be the easy answer for you. So what kind of <laughs> books do you read? What do you do to kind of outside of work to uh, keep mm. yourself amused and interested? I've started uh, inspired by all these people who have been out and about running and exercising during uh, the pandemic. I've started the old couch to 5k. So I used to run, like I say, I used to train quite a bit, but that yeah, kind of went out the window when I had my son. So I'm, I'm trying to get out and about and exercise a bit more, trying to run a bit more. I know the guy for you. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't. He still, you know, I went in to see him a while ago. This is this trainer, Dave Taylor, and uh, he still had my stats from the last time I was. Oh, I'm going to be. I'll be talking to him in the morning. I'm going to tell him about <laughs> you that you're, <laughs> yeah. that you're there and available. But that's a different story, uh, and I'll give David Fairlam a mention, right? Uh, yeah, but. yeah. And um, I read. I do. I read on the night time before I go to sleep. I like to read uh, for a bit. I'm actually reading my brother-in-law's, but my brother-in-law started to write books a while ago, so he's a, a new author, and so I'm reading his book his name's his his author name is omj ryan it's called deadly waters um so that's pretty cool but i love i read all sorts i read the old you know rom-com easy holiday reads but then at the same time i'll read books on parenting although i try and avoid those ones but uh, yeah i'm all over the place with my reading there's no set pattern to be honest morris okay and what's your music i've got to ask you what's your music what's your uh, music that when you go home and you you're putting it in that's the one i'm going to put in what would it be Okay, Kylie. <laughs> I love a bit of cheese. Honestly, I love a bit of cheese. I love Kylie. I'm a big George Michael fan. Oh, Listen Without Prejudice, one of my favourite albums of all time. Um, I love a bit of acid jazz. Brand new heavies. I'll stick a bit of the brand new heavies in. I love a bit of R&B and soul. Luther Vandross. It's really eclectic. It really is. A bit of 80s. Love a bit of 80s. Yeah. Good. So, thank you for giving me your time. I really appreciate it. You are one of my Heroes, one of my stars, one of my uh, kind of regular uh, engagers. Oh. Uh, so to Lisa Shaw, the star of BBC Newcastle Radio, uh, one of the stars of the Northeast, the celebrity, that person <laughs> who has met Kylie, right? You know, who has interviewed some of the stars of the world. Yeah, thank you very much for your time. If you're interested in change, mindset and personal development, whether in your personal life or career, you can head over to morristuffy.com forward slash resources, where you'll be able to access loads of inspirational material, articles, podcasts and motivational thoughts, as well as meditation and visualization exercises. You can also get in touch with Dr. Maurice Duffy and his team by email on letstalkatmorristuffy.com. And don't forget to follow him on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. Simply search for At The Beak Squawks.